So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, uh, coming from our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, the 3rd of the third of January, 2021, it's the second Sunday in it's the second su- Sunday of Christmas. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present the program this morning, Shane Ambrose. Happy New Year to you. How are you? Happy New Year, John. How are you keeping? I'm good, thanks. After the Christmas, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it by all. Hopefully all is well with you down in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it was. We were okay, given given everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, go on. You weren't actually. You weren't out in the run last year. Uh, this year, no. were, you, were you planning on to go out in the run? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be a run by now. No, 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 no. But listeners, thank you indeed for joining us, and thanks again for all the messages, uh, especially those who are housebound, those who are lonely and struggling these days in in, in some form or other. You're welcome, and thanks indeed for, for joining us, and thanks for all your good wishes and for your comments about enjoying the programme, both on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Just to remind listeners again, uh, and those maybe new listeners, our programme is broadcast and Sacred Space, uh, at Sacred Space, uh, at West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The 10am session includes Mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and then the evening, the evening slot at 11pm is where we we reflect on the Sunday Gospel. We also shang and run through the the Saints for the Week for us, as well as that. Then we have a guest to enlighten us with some some reflection or other. So, if you do want to contact us, um, and please do, you can text us by 087-6088-667 or email sacredspace102 at gmail dot com. So that's texting 087-6088-667. Or email sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Now, at this point of the program, we'll invite Shane again to share with us Saints for the Week. Uh, just to remind this, I'm sure Shane, Shane might just remind this as to this particular segment, what we do, Shane. You usually run through the Saints for the Week. And- yeah, so you, what we do is we do a, a run through kind of liturgical odds and ends that would be of, might be of interest to people. Um, kind of so we go through Saints of the Week, if there's anything to come up in terms of the calendar, just to point out things that are happening for people. Now, John, but before I dive into that, there's one thing I do want to note. Uh, so on last week's programme, we had our good friend uh, Noreen Lynch on giving us that wonderful reflection around the whole gospel of Simeon and the reflection about opening our eyes to see the divine in our life. Now, one or two people have contacted me and asked about the music that was on the programme. And the last piece of music, or the second piece of music that was on, was Noreen singing herself. Now, and just to let people know that she, Noreen has her own new album out. It's called In Her Own Time by Noreen Lynch. And it is available on bandcamp, bandcamp.com. So that's bandcamp.com, where you can order it. Uh, or, or, um, and, and, and Noreen Din will send it on to you. So just if anyone wants to say it's called In Her Own Time. Now, liturgical odds and ends. So, John, obviously we are into the first week of the civil year. So we're into the, into the, the as we've just gone through the New Year Festival. So on the liturgical calendar, we're in the second week of uh, Christmas. And actually la- what we had last, on last Friday was we had on the 1st of, of January, we had Mary, the feast day of Mary, the Holy Mother of God, which, of course, is the octave day of Christmas. But we are still in the Christmas season. And, of course, we are only a couple of days out from 12th night, which, of course, is the 6th. So uh, for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week two. And um, today is the second Sunday of Christmas. So 
uh, for everywhere else, it's the second Sunday of Christmas. Uh, in Ireland, that is. For Limerick, it is the feast day of St. Munchen, who is the patron of the diocese. So it's a solemnity in the diocese this year. And for those of our listeners who are not in Ireland, so particularly those of our listeners who are in the US or the UK, uh, we have to wish them happy Epiphany because they celebrate Epiphany today. Whereas in Ireland, we keep to the tradition, we keep it to the 12th day and we celebrate it on the 6th. So uh, for those of our listeners overseas, um, happy Epiphany for today as well. So Monday the 4th of January is the feast day of Elizabeth Ann Seton. Elizabeth Ann Seton, she's an American saint associated very much. She was born Episcopalian, raised in the high New York society in the late 18th century. Um, at 19, she was married to a wealthy man, McGee Seton, William McGee Seton. There must be an Irish connection in there somewhere. And she was the mother of five. Um, her husband's business failed. He died of tuberculosis and she was left an impoverished widow with five small children. And then after a number of years, she converted to Catholicism, entered the church in 1805 and unfortunately alienated many of her family who were strict Episcopalians at the, at the time. And she opened a school in Boston to support her family and and though a private and secular institution, as it's described, she ran it along the lines of a religious community. And at the invitation of the Archbishop, she established a Catholic girls' school in Baltimore, Maryland, which initiated what's called the parochial school system in America. And she founded the Sisters of Charity in 1809, the first Native American religious community. So that's Elizabeth Ann Seton. That's the 4th of January. On the 5th of January, we in on the Irish calendar, we celebrate the feast of St. Charles of Mount Argus or St. Charles of St. Andrew. So he's a passionist saint. He was canonised in 2007 by Pope Benedict XVI. He was the fourth of 11 children, um, made his first communion at the age of 13, slow learner but dedicated, enlisted in the military and served for five years. Um, after military service, he worked in his uncle mill, his uncle's mill, even, and joined eventually joined the Passionists in Belgium in 1845. And he was ordained in 1850. Firstly, assigned to England, where he worked with Irish immigrants feeling the potato famine. And then in 1857, he was transferred to Mount Argus in Dublin. And except for a brief trip to England in 1866, he spent the rest of his life in Dublin. And he was a noted healer, invigorated the area and the faithful and very much as a man recognised for holiness during his lifetime. So that's Charles of Mount Argus on the 5th of January. 6th of January, obviously, on the Irish calendar, is the Solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord, which, of course, is the manifestation of the of the Lord to the three wise men. So that'll be the night where uh, you'll add in the, 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 the three wise men to the crib. Obviously, of course, in Irish tradition, it's Nulagnaman, Little Christmas, Women's Christmas. So hopefully, gentlemen, you will give your daughters, your wives and your mothers a day off from the kitchen, as is traditional. And obviously, of course, after the 12th or after the 6th, we generally take down the Christmas decorations in Ireland as well. Uh, just to note as well, of course, one of the traditions associated with Epiphany is the announcement of Easter. And um, this generally occurs, I suppose, to kind of link in how Christmas and Easter are very much interconnected. And the solemnity of of the Epiphany offers an opportunity, I suppose, to proclaim the centrality of Christ's Paschal mystery to what we are actually celebrating. So just if you wanted to take a note, Ash Wednesday this year falls on the 17th of February. And so that's obviously the start of Lent. And then Easter Sunday is the 4th of April. Uh, Ascension is the 16th of May. 
Uh, Pentecost is the 23rd of May. Uh, Corpus Christi is the 6th of June. And the first Sunday of Advent for next year is the 28th of November. So if just just those two dates again, the 16th of February is Ash Wednesday and the 4th of April is Easter Sunday. So Easter is kind of late-ish this year, um, just there at the first, the first weekend in April. Continuing with other bits and pieces, Thursday the 7th is the feast day of St. Raymond of Penafort. He is a canon lawyer, patron saint of canon lawyers. Was a Dom- he was a Dominican. Uh, he only entered the Dominicans at the age of 47, died in 1275. Uh, he was a, he was the master general of the Dominicans, so he was the head honcho there for a while and was eventually ordained Archbishop of Tarangona. And he's the patron saint of canon lawyers. I have one or two canon lawyers who are friends of mine, so I have to wish them a happy feast day. Friday, the 8th of uh, January, um, is the feast day of St. Atticus of Constantinople. We don't know a, lot, a whole lot about her. Um, so I'm just mentioning her name for the day that's in it. Saturday, the 9th of January, is the feast day of St. Adrian of Canterbury. Now, Adrian of Canterbury, we do know something about him. One second, John. Um, bum, bum, bum. So Adrian, is um, he's fa- he was actually, his family fled to Naples ahead of the Arab invasion. He was a Benedictine monk and he was sent to England with Augustine of Canterbury, the man that came to preach Christianity in south of England. So that's why we celebrate St. Adrian of Canterbury on the 9th of January. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the um, odds and ends liturgically for the coming few days. And of course, there is an intention, isn't there? A An intention as we start off the months and for January 2010. Yes, there is. And of course, John has put me on the spot and I'm very busily scrabbling through pages to find the Pope's <laughs> to find the Pope's intentions. So for January 2021, the Pope's intentions. May the Lord give us the grace to live in full fellowship with our brothers and sisters of other religions, praying for one another open to all. And of course, that's important because January is also the month of the week of prayer for Christian unity, which starts on the 18th. Um, so that's the papal intention for 2021. Also, just to mention to folks, at um, next week, on next week's programme, we are going to be talking about something that Pope Francis announced before Christmas, which is that from the 8th of December 2020 to the 8th of G- December 2021, we are celebrating a year of saint dedicated to Saint Joseph. So we'll talk about that next week. And then to add to trying to keep all these things, these things in your head. Um, last week at the general audience, I think it was the general audience, the Pope announced he's also starting another year on top of a year. So from the 19th of March, which is the feast day of St. Joseph, the, uh, the husband of, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, until the 22nd of uh, until the 26th of June 2022, we are celebrating a year called Amoros Laetitia Family Year. Now, I'll be honest, folks, that one, the Holy Father kind of landed on us last week. So I'm not 100% sure what that entails. So I'll tell you all about it next week. Very good. But in the meantime, we got St. Joseph next week. We have St. Joseph next week. Very popular. Okay. So at this part of the programme, as usual, and thanks a lot for that, Jen. As usual, we will go to pray our spiritual communion prayer. And this, of course, is for those of us, most of us, nearly all of us these days, who can't receive Jesus sacramentally at Mass. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So at this point in the programme now, we might go for our first bit of music. First bit of music I've chosen this morning 
Um, it is by Dan Moen, and this one is entitled My Christmas Prayer. It, we're still in Christmas. I think it might be a good choice to play this. So listen to this. We'll come back again in part two, where we've got the last two of our guests who are going to share with us their Christmas reflections. Sister Helen Colhan and Eva McGrath. And after that, of course, we will continue on and read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. So come back and join us again in part two. The lights of the city shine bright, red and green. But sometimes the season is not what it seems In heartache or joy Let me rest in your care Be near me, Lord Jesus This is my Christmas prayer The wise men brought treasures the shepherds bowed down Angels were singing Their glorious sound I have no great riches No gift to impart What can I give you? Lord, I will give my Close by me forever, I pray. Through the storm, through the night, hold me close, be my light, show the way. Bless all of your children, we need your embrace. We hunger for mercy and long for your grace. Our grateful devotion is all we can bring. We praise you, we bless you, Jesus, our Savior and King. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay. Close by me forever, I pray. Through the storm, through the night, hold me close, be my light. Oh. Oh. Through the storm, me close, be my light, and show the way. How great is the gift just to know you are there. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me, Lord Jesus. 
And welcome back to the second part of our program this morning here on Sacred Space 102, a Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us this morning on this, the second Sunday of Christmas, the 3rd of January. And in the studio this morning, of course, I still have my colleague who's manning the controls. Good morning, John. Morning, Shane. So... We're delighted to welcome to the programme this morning the first of two uh, contributors who are joining us on this New Year's morning, because we're still in, effectively, New Year's and still in Christmas tide. Good morning, Eva McGrath. How are you keeping? Good morning, Shane. Very well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. And to you too. And of co- and did you, ha- you obviously came through the Christmas, as they say. Oh, we, we, it was a great Christmas. Really, really enjoyable. Very good. So, Aoife, we're delighted to have you on the programme this morning. So what we're doing is we, we've asked you to come on and to give us a little bit of a reflection. And what you, we, we'd asked you actually for a Christmas reflection, but what, you, what we're going to look at this morning is we're actually, of course, going to look at Epiphany. Because, of course, uh, as we're facing into the week ahead, Wednesday the 6th, of course, is the feast of the, or the solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord, known as Little Christmas or Nulignaman here in Ireland. And Aoife, Aoife has prepared a lovely uh, reflection for us this morning. So Aoife, if you want to take it away. Thank you, Shane. Um, just, these are just a few of my own thoughts on the, on the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, the first thing I, I want to say about the Feast of the Epiphany, that it tells us about the visit of the wise men or the Magi to the scene of Jesus's birth in Bethlehem. This story actually comes from the Gospel of Matthew, who does not say how many wise men there were, But in our tradition, the number has been well settled at three because of the three gifts that they bring with them in their their treasure chests and offer to Christ. So we're all very familiar with them, gold, frankincense and myrrh. We also have come to see these wise men as kings because of the influence of the Psalms and the book of Isaiah. In a way, the story of the Magi traveling from the east to Jerusalem brings the story of Jesus's birth from the local to the universal. Not only is Jesus revealed to to the locals, the shepherds who have been roused from their farming by an angel who revealed to them that they would find the Messiah, the savior, as a child laying in a manger. He is also revealed to these men from far away who have seen a star and understood that this was a sign that the Messiah had come. And they set out in search of him so that they could bow in respect before him and worship him. We follow these wise men as they search to find Christ, as they enter the house and see the child with his mother Mary and kneel down before him. We do the same. It brings us into the story. We can imagine that we are there, just like strangers from the East. We are the strangers from the West of Ireland coming to celebrate the birth of this infant king. If the good news of Christ's birth is relevant to these wise men, then it is equally relevant to us. Before Christmas, my sister actually sent me a picture of my youngest nephew's colouring from school. Aidan had coloured in a picture of the nativity scene 
And I noticed the colours he had chosen for the stable were half our county colours, saffron and blue. That's clear now, not Tipperary. And half his parish colours, green and yellow. I quipped what a budding theologian he was, bringing himself and his family, not to mention his own parish and the county, into the heart of the story of Jesus's birth. In a way, I think the traditions we have of setting up the Christmas crib in our homes or of taking home a sprig of the straw from the crib in the church after midnight mass, that these are all traditions are ways of bringing home the story of Jesus's birth so that we show Christ a welcome in our homes. After all the trouble Mary and Joseph had because there was no place for them in the inn, they find a place in our homes with our families. There's a poem written by an Irish poet from Inishmore, Martin O'Diron, called Curit And it captures beautifully the feeling of the Irish hospitality to Christ, of making space for him in our humble abodes. Marcin wrote this poem during Christmas in 1942, when Europe was engulfed by war. The translation I'll recite for you now was a specially commissioned translation from the Professor Emeritus of Modern Languages at Maynooth University, Monsignor Brendan Devlin for the 50th Christmas Carol service in Maynooth. It was actually printed on a bookmark and presented to the attendees of the car Christmas Carol service last year, Christmas 2019, to commemorate the 225th anniversary of St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. The translation goes like this. Do you know, Mother Mary, where you'll go this Christmas? And you seeking a roof for the Holy Child, every door, is closed against him with the hate and conceit of humankind. Would you ever take up an invite from myself here to a sea-girt island far away in the west? There'll be candles shining lit in every window and turf fire blazing on every heart. This poem has been put to music by Ronan McDonough and appears on the album of the choir Ronan conducts Foom Lee. The album is called Ancient Promise, and it's this piece of music that I have chosen for this program. For me, it brings the traditional music and language of Ireland and the warmth and welcome of our fires into the heart of the nativity story. Thank you. 
So that was Ronan McDonough's version of Cura de Vura. Isn't it beautiful? For me, I think this welcome that it expresses is especially important to remember following the year we have just had, dare we speak its name, maybe I should whisper it, 2020. For a good length of time in that year, our doors were essentially closed to visitors, not out of preference, but out of necessity. We had to self-isolate, socially distance, sanitize, wear face coverings. We weren't even sure what type of Christmas Day celebration we could expect, how many we could have over to Christmas dinner. Could anyone visit us or could we visit anyone else? The turf fire was blazing all right, and we had plenty of turf to burn after the great spring and early summer we had, which made it easy to save. But for much of the autumn and winter, there was no one there to feel its warmth but ourselves. But now we're embarking on this new year, and we bring with us the hope and promise of this birth of Jesus. It might be a challenge to hold on to our sense of welcome and hospitality, we may have become too used to our own company. On the other hand, we might be so anxious to get out of the house, to be the visitor rather than the visited. There may be no one home when the visitors call. But I think this hospitality is so embedded in our Irish culture that even the COVID won't do away with our disposition to welcome people into our homes. Just as the stable of Jesus' birth seemed to be an open house for visitors, where the riffraff, or the lowly shepherds, could mix with the mysterious magi or kings from afar, and Mary and Joseph didn't seem to bat an eyelid at all these strangers coming and going to pay homage to their newborn, please God, this year, 2021, will likewise be a time when we'll be able to our doors to others and give them a welcome. Of course, that welcome and hospitality is not just for our own private homes and not just for those we know best, though that might be our first inclination after 2020. In the story of the Nativity and the Epiphany, the wise men don't find Mary, Joseph and their newborn child in the comfort of their own home. In fact, they find them in a stable in which they themselves had found shelter at the end of their own journey from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea. Yet the Holy Family welcomed the Magi as they did the shepherds. We're thus challenged to welcome the stranger into our own lives, whoever they are and wherever we find ourselves. The story of the journey of the Magi witnesses to a certain faith and perseverance, to search for Christ in the unexpected places. The wise men trusted that after a journey of uncertainty, Christ awaked, awaited them and that no one would be excluded from his welcome and presence. The story reminds us that we can all share in the joy of this personal encounter with Christ if we open ourselves up to this encounter and seek him out. It challenges us to look for the presence of Christ in the unexpected places. And while the journey might not be easy, he awaits us there 
and we too will be welcome. It's like Pope Francis said in the Joy of the Gospel, the Lord does not disappoint those who take this risk. Whenever we take a step towards Christ, we come to realize that he is already there, waiting for us with open arms. My last thought about this epiphany story is that just as the Magi were wise enough to see this child with his mother and recognize they were in the presence of God before whom they knelt to worship, so we are invited to have the wisdom to see where God might be present in our world. And if the humble surroundings of the stable are anything to go by, we might have most luck finding God in the everyday, ordinary people and ordinary places. God was with us in the suffering and adversity of the pandemic. In those small acts of kindness and care ex extended to us, not just by our neighbors and friends, but by strangers and others who supported the vulnerable, the bereaved, those who were unwell, lonely, and disadvantaged throughout last year. My hope for this new year is that we will have eyes to see these signs of God's loving presence in our midst. Aoife, thank you so much for that. That's a lovely reflection uh, as, we, as we face into the celebration of Epiphany. And um, as, as we're still in the Christmas season and as we're facing it, particularly at Nolig Deman, may I wish you Nolig Hana. Thank you very much, Shane. Same to you. And so we're delighted to welcome on the programme this morning, Sister Helen Kilhan. Good morning, Sister Helen. How are you keeping? Good morning, Shane. I'm keeping very well. Delighted, delighted to have you on the programme this morning on this just New Year's Day, or New Year's weekend, I suppose we could say, uh, the Sunday before the Epiphany. Did you get through the Christmas? Oh, I had a wonderful Christmas. I put up about a stone weight, eating lots of chocolates. But anyway, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm, the feeling. <laughs> I'm making a New Year's resolution that I do a bit of exercise. Very good. Very good. Very good. So, uh, so Helen, we're delighted to have you on the programme uh, this morning, which is and you, you said you were going to offer us um, a little bit of reflection uh, just just to kind of ease us into the kind of the Christmas and the New Year. Yes, I, I suppose I was thinking a lot over the Christmas um, maybe because I work with a lot of children and young people who have experienced loss uh, during the year due to bereavement and uh, parental separation. And what I found myself thinking about, uh, you know, we can maybe all think that, you know, it has been wonderful for people over Christmas. But for um a lot of people, uh, and this is, I suppose, from my professional experience and listening to people, for a lot of families, um, it's it's not, you know, it hasn't been easy. Christmas isn't always very joyful or very happy for people who are grieving. Uh, I think this is important to say. It, it might not be very popular to say it. Um, so I suppose that's something that um, stays very much with me. Uh, again, and again, for a lot of people who will have struggled over the Christmas for a number of reasons, ex for example, dealing with their mental health issues or coping with finances and um, trying to find money where it's not there or trying, maybe having worked very hard at 
finding the perfect Christmas, and we all know that there isn't a, uh, there isn't a perfect Christmas, and or there hasn't been. When I reflect on Christmas, so I think I have to be, we say, being real that it's it's difficult, but then that with with the celebration of the birth of Christ, and that we have just celebrated His birthday, that that brings great hope to me and to so many thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world and in our own country. Because as we reflect on the birth and as I reflect on the birth of Christ, Jesus is God's gift to mankind. He's, this, was, this was a gift. His birth was a gift to us. And I think about how he gave himself freely. And in many ways, we don't deserve it. Again, it's a, a season of hope and it's also a season of joy, uh, that we're joyful people. And I always find at Christmas that it's a time where it's a time of God showing his great love for us. As I've already said, we celebrate the birth of the Christ child and that God sent his son Jesus into the world to be born. And his birth brought great joy to the world and that's what we have so that we have celebrated and that I have celebrated and you know I was thinking I suppose deeply about it and I was thinking about you know the shepherds and the wise men and the angels they were all there in the excitement of this great event and they all knew that this was no ordinary baby and so for the year ahead I think Christmas is helping me that especially after the year that we all have been through in Ireland, that uh, celebrating the birth of Christ, that I will look in the year 2021 in a new year. And very much, and I think that COVID-19 has taught all of us this, and it's about inviting Jesus into our hearts. And I think for me, that's important that I do that on a continually basis, on a continual basis. Because I always find that, again, at Christmas, that there's the joy and peace that I receive at this time of the year. Uh, I remember a friend saying to me one time, and I think it's so true. She said, Helen, Jesus is the reason for the season. Rejoice and be glad. Uh with the, again, the birth of Jesus, the light of the world has come among us. And I have been reflecting on John's Gospel, 1, 10 to 18. And, and, the, and the sentence that has really just sprung out of the page was, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And uh, when I, again, reflect on last year and there was so much darkness and yet with the birth of Christ and there was, when you reflect on the year, so much light, even though there appeared to be a lot of darkness and there was, but a lot of light shone into the world and we all, we all know and we read and listened to different people and how they all came, how they all came to help each other in community and in so many ways. And when I prayed and reflected on that piece of scripture, 
I found myself thinking, and we can be delighted. So for this 2021, that we can be delighted for people in the year ahead. And even if you just reflect for a moment when we think the light shines in the darkness, and we all know if we walk into a room and it's very dark and you light a switch or light a candle, there is light and you and there's a great security even when you see that little flicker of light. So with the birth of Christ and reading the gospel for today, that that light shines in darkness and is there to give us all hope. Sister Helen, thank you so much for that lovely reflection this morning. Now, you had suggested a piece of music for us. Uh, what were you going to suggest that we play this morning? Uh, I suppose I just really love the hymn Silent Night. Now, would you believe we have asked all of our contributors over the Christmas to suggest their favourite pieces of music or Christmas music that they would like to accompany um, all uh, you know, all the all the reflections that they've given, and that you are actually the first person to ask us to play Silent Night. So we're <laughs> delighted actually to play, to play it this morning. It wouldn't it wouldn't feel like Christmas for many people without Silent Night being played. And so as we go out, and so as we come to an end of this part two of the program, and we go out on this piece of music, um, um, Silent Night, Sister Helen. Thank you so much for joining us on the programme this morning. Nolik Hunna to you and every blessing for 2021. And the same to you and John. And thank you very much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Christ the Savior is born.
So welcome back again to the third part of uh, Second Space 102FM. My name is John Keeley, uh, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And Shane, that completes uh, the last of our, uh, our volunteers, our contributors for the for the reflections over the Christmas. I think in total, I think there was 16, 17 of them. Fair dues. Yeah, I have to say there was there was some wonderful pieces and a great, huge debt of gratitude from myself and John yeah, for all definitely. those that contributed. Definitely. Now, folks, as well as that, I also have to acknowledge the huge work that Mr. Keeley did in pulling it all together. Yes, John did a huge amount of work throughout the end of November and all of December, editing all of those, doing the recordings, pulling it together and eventually presenting it to me and saying, what do you think? And I'm kind of going, John, it looks fine. You went up to your tonsils at work. I had plenty of time. Thanks, be to God. Yes, and thanks again. And and thanks again to to everybody who helped us out with that. But now we must go for our gospel, our gospel segment this particular week. Uh, and just before we, 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 we read the Gospel, Shane, always praise this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen, Shane. Thank you. So the Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of John. And it's chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things came to be. Not one thing had its being, but through him. All all that came to be had life in him, and that life was the light of men. A A light that shines in the dark, a light that darkness could not overpower. A man came sent by John, his name, excuse me, a man came sent by God, his name was John. He came as a witness, as a witness to speak for the light so that everyone might believe through him. He was not the light, only a witness to speak for the light. The word was the true light that enlightens all men. And he was coming into the world. He was in the world that had its being through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own domain, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To all who believe in the name of him who was born not out of human stock or out of the flesh or will of man, but of God himself. The word was made flesh. He lived among us. And we saw his glory. And the glory is his and the glory that the, the glory that is his as the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John appears as his witness, he proclaims, This is the one whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he existed before me. Indeed, from his fullness, we, we have all of us received, yes, the grace in return for grace. Since through the law was given through, since, since though the law was given through Moses, grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is only the Son, who is nearest to the Father's heart, who made him known. And this is the Gospel of the Lord, for this particular week, the first 
the first gospel we have in 2021. Shane, would you like to share a thought or two on it, please? Yeah, so um, the Sunday gospel we have this week is the prologue to the gospel of St. John. Now, for those of you that were at Mass on Christmas morning and where the um, your pastor was following... Um, the requirements of the of the rubrics, you probably heard John the prologue of John's gospel on on Christmas Day. But a lot of a lot of priests, what they do is they actually substitute the the Matthew gospels or the the, the Luke account of the of the nativity. So when we have a second Sunday like we do today in the Easter period, because the first Sunday was the feast of the Holy Family, the gospel the gospel put forward by Holy Mother Church is that of the prologue of Saint John, because John's gospel is a very different under presentation of the understanding of the role of Christ in the salvation of humanity, but actually also in terms of the salvation of the cosmos. It's a very cosmological, is the term that's used, a cosmological approach, because it looks at how, you know, Jesus is part of the divine trinity. He's, he's, you know, he is the second part of the blessed trinity and how he has existed from all time as God has existed and outside of time because they have created time. And in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And you could trans, you could, you could trade, you could change the word, word to Jesus and it would read what, you know, and, and for people to understand it. In the beginning was Jesus, Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. You know, if you wanted to look at it that way, to try to get your head around it. But one of the things I would say about John, the prologue to John's gospel is the poetry of it in some respects. You know, it you should actually sit down and read through it from start to finish and just to let the language wash over it before you try to dive into it to understand what it's being said. It's He's looking at it very much big picture approach, as John tends to do. He looks at it from kind of stands back and views all of history as one continuous piece and tries to place our understanding very much in that context. You have to remember John's Gospel was written um, a number of years after all of the events of Christ's life. It's the fourth of Gospels. It was generally viewed as being written much later than the other three synoptics. And it it takes a very different approach to the other three. You know, Mark's gospel, which we're going to have for this year, is very bang, hit the ground running. It's a very human Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Matthew's gospel is very much more focused on uh, fulfilling the Jewish scripture. Luke's gospel has a much more of a, a twist for for non-Jews to try and, and relate it to the to their world, as that was the audience Luke was writing for. And then we have John's gospel, and it suppose. It, it looks, looking at it, it talks about a man came sent by God. His name was John. He came as a witness, as a witness to speak for the light, but he was not the light. And then, it, you know, it talks about, it brings, it talks very much around that whole understanding of Jesus as the light of the world. And if ever we needed a reminder about that in the season that we have at the moment, surely it is that Jesus is the light of the world. In the midst of the dark of a northern hemisphere winter, um, it's reminders like that, you know, that that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. We celebrate the birth of the light of the world. Christ has come into our world, uh, bringing, you know, hope into that darkness, the darkness of sin, the darkness of despair. And a reminder to us now more than ever that that hope is still there for us. The word was made flesh. He lived amongst us and we saw his glory. The glory that is his as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. You know, so he, you know, and that's, that's an important line for us to reflect on. The word was made flesh. He lived among us. And it's a reminder to us that no matter how deep and dark the despair is that surrounds us, 
Jesus has walked that path with us. We spoke about um, last Friday was the feast day of Mary, the mother of God. And it's a Marian feast, but it's using, it's Mary's, one of the most ancient titles that the church has given to Mary. Mary, the mother of God. In Mary Theotokos is the name that was given. And it was given at a council in, in, in Chalcedon around 451. And it caused a huge ups, uh, debate in, within the church because it was focusing, it's not so much focus on Mary, but what it says about who Jesus is and who Jesus was. Because it reminds us that Jesus was the son of Mary and Jesus was human. Because there was a tendency at the time to over-divinize him, to make him only God. And that, you know, he wasn't really human. He didn't understand what we went through as humans. He didn't know what suffering was. Whereas that whole title that was given to Mary, Mary, the mother of God, Mary Theotokos, was to remind us that Christ was human, fully human like us in all ways except sin. So he knows what it is to be afraid. He knows what it is to be alone. He knew what it was to be hungry. And it is a reminder to us that as we seek for, you know, we're facing into, well, we could be a very bleak January. It'll try us. It'll test us. But it's a reminder to us that we don't walk it alone. Christ, the light of the world, the world was made flesh. He lived amongst us and we saw his glory. And no, you know, and it is a reminder to us that he came as God into our lives so that we would be a know who God was and who God is and invites us always to turn back to him. No matter how low it seems, no matter how far it seems you have strayed from the Lord, one of the things we always must remind ourselves is God is never far away from us and is always waiting and open to embrace us. Shane, thank you very much, David. So that about brings us to the end of our, our, our programme this morning. Thanks again, listeners, for for staying with us this morning. I'm going out with a final piece of music, by again by Don Moen. And this one, I, I think we all need it. This one is entitled A Season of Hope. So until next week, when we'll, we'll listen to a reflection by Shane and St. Joseph. Um, enjoy the week as best, as best we can these days. Uh, keep each other in prayer and don't forget to maybe stay in contact by phone, maybe WhatsApp, whatever it might be. But in the meantime, for myself and Shane, thanks a lot for joining us. God bless now. Bye. told us long ago a child will come to bring us hope a star lit up the night to show the way oh, oh. for all the wise men seeking truth the child came as living proof the light of all the world still shines a season of hope, a season of joy, and it all goes back to a baby boy. When God reached down and changed the world forever, we can reach out, we can be
Change the world. 